2: We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go.
3: What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Bronx
2: Pinstripe Show with a guy with not a gray beard and a guy who has a gray beard. What's up, Scott? <laughs> What's up, man? Uh, yeah, it's been, a, it's been a minute, right? The uh, This team has been... Struggling and then Garrett Cole comes in as the freaking stopper as he needed to be. So I'm happy to see that. You know, uh, you know, remember what I said in July, end of, middle end of July. It was something along the lines of, I want to see this team not just go on a massive winning streak, but be able to lose some and then bounce back. That's what I want to see right now. They lost four after they after they came in and you know. Tore through the the um, through all the games that they're playing in, going back to 1961, just setting records. Now that they, they kind of got knocked back down to earth a little bit um, on the West Coast trip, which is very much something that I think a lot of Yankees fans are re- are just like exposed to. We 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 kind of acknowledge the fact that when they go to the West Coast, it's hard. Uh, so let's now bounce back and and get on. You know, win another five games. Win a win a win a win four in a row. Win five in a row. Win six in a row. And, and just show that they can bounce off the mat quickly and not go into these sustained you know, ups and sustained downs.
3: I tweeted that out, I think, after the first Anaheim loss, and I said the Yankees' 13-game game win streak was awesome. They played great. Yes, maybe they got slightly lucky, which led to a game or two win, but still, it's a legit winning streak that they went on. Now it's time for them to just start playing consistently good. They have to, because this team has been too wild- too wild on either end of the spectrum all season. We need to just see consistently good baseball in September. Probably going to win the second win the first wild card at this point. Tampa just seems unstoppable in the division at this point. 7 game lead with a month to play of baseball is a pretty big hill to climb. Not impossible, but a lot of crap would have to go the Yankees way in order for that to happen. So now let's just see consistent baseball for the rest of the month. Before we get to Friday fives though, I want to quickly mention the New York area just crushed with flood. Yeah. And um I, I'm very lucky where I am, but less than a mile down the road, like it was underwater. So it's just like where my house is situated in a good spot. Not everyone is that fortunate. We have friends like Dom and Hoboken. Hoboken was just completely wrecked with flooding. And then there's this story that I saw on Twitter from Tom Smith about John Sterling getting stuck in the flood on his drive home from the game, from the game broadcast from Yankee Stadium. And Susan called him, because Susan's at home doing the games, and he's like, no, I'm stuck. And then Susan calls Ricky Ricardo, the, the Spanish broadcaster, and and he saves John Sterling. This is an
2: 82, 83-year-old man who probably would have died. Okay. <laughs> I mean, yeah, it's, uh, I don't know about that far, but yes, the fact that that the fact that Susan Waldman and Ricky Ricardo went out to to, to like save the day, like Queen Susan, love her, the uh, going out to save uh, John Sterling, it's a, it's amazing, it's a, absolutely amazing, warms your heart, and, and, and it shows that how people. This is what the team needs to look at. Look at what they're doing. Look at this camaraderie in the booth. Take that, bring it into the dugout. Play for Susan. Play for John. Play for Ricky Ricardo. Give them something. Let's go. But yeah, no, the, I mean that. I hope everybody's doing okay. Everybody's listening. Obviously, the majority, uh, right. a lot of people that listen to our show are in the tri-state area. You know, my family has is underwater in a, in, in a few of their places. My my sister in is in Westchester. My my uh, father is in Central Jersey. Um, so a lot of a um, lot of water. They're dealing with a lot of water and essentially bailing out. My we got a, a, a we were all passing around through family, just making sure everybody was okay. But we got a text message last night from Bevan's aunt, who's in Princeton. And it was a freaking, like, it looked like a, yeah, uh, you know, a three, uh, what is it called? The the rapids, what are they called yeah. when you're whitewater rafting? It's whatever the, the metric is. It, it looked like there was a a river going down her um, her driveway. It was crazy.
3: Yeah, it's, it, it, it's wild. It's such a helpless feeling. It's like, what do you do? You just,
2: like, hope. No, water, water is, yeah. water will That's, win every time. It's always going to win.
3: Yeah, so again, I hope everyone out there it's safe and if you lost some some stuff, I mean, I, I feel for you. It's terrible. So hopefully the Yankees can start winning some ball games to take your mind off of it. But they did go on a four number one takeaway. They went on a little mini four-game losing streak after the win streak. Why did that happen? Some things that I saw. A lot of ground balls, a lot of double plays, which killed a lot of rallies that they had. So erased a lot of base runners. Like we talked about how Joey Gallo grounded into back-to-back double plays and he grounded into like 11 his entire career.
2: They also stopped moving on the base path too, which was uh interesting. They're like, oh, ah, yeah, let's stop doing what we're doing in right. the winning streak and just go back to the 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 nerds are back in play. Oh, we're back in a position. Now the nerds are back in, in charge. No, 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 no. Play instinctual baseball, run. Keep doing what you do, were doing. Do the that, things that were you a lot working. Of games. Yes.
3: Starting pitching certainly this week, other than Garrett Cole, was not nearly as good. Kluber and Tyon, We're going to talk about them in a second. And then also, I just still see this team as being a mentally unaware team. And I look at that double steal that they allowed, uh, the Otani steal of home on the on the double steal, and it was just like a a poorly executed. It was a poorly executed situation, uh, poorly executed play by the Yankees, and and it. You know, the Anaheim's not going to the playoffs or anything like that, but it's just, just like yeah, the Yankees are still going to get exposed on things like that. And to boot, Gio Urshela on the throw home falls down and hurts his hand. It's like, great. <laughs> great. The guy just came back and he falls on his hand and injures it. So it's just um, those are like some some general eye test takeaways that I saw from this team. Maybe right.
2: Gio's not supposed to participate in the rest of this season because I know, when man. he left, it's like, uh, you know, I, I, he was he was one of the, the the guys you look at in the first half and you're like, all right, Gio, Gio cares. Gio's trying to do it. And then, you know, he gets hurt, is gone. They go on this this streak and then he comes back immediately and, you know, two errors in that first game. It's like, it's like maybe he wasn't supposed to be where he is right now and that he gets hurt again. I don't know. It's strange. They it's like they have to go back to this like ragtag scrappy group of of, uh, of of something for them to to do well and like forced to play baseball in a in a way that makes sense. It's very odd. The number two thing
3: is Corey Kluber's return. I mean, it's obviously great that he's back on the mound and starting. He was on a sixty-five to seventy-five pitch limit, and he completely ran out of gas in the fourth inning. He ended up throwing sixty-eight pitch, pitches. So, kind of an ironic situation because the Yankees pretty much were forced to call him up before he was ready to actually start a baseball game at 80, 90 pitches because they're just trying to avoid Andrew Heaney, who other than one start had been terrible for the Yankees. And what happened was they tried to push Corey Kluber. That didn't work out. He got crushed in the fourth inning. And then Andrew Heaney comes in and allows an absolute freaking moon bomb to Shohei Otani. So everything backfired in that plan on Monday night.
2: You know, I know we're going to talk about this later and this is going to uh, screw up our, our, uh, our five looking back, five forward here, but it, it, it almost can't go without being said. Luis Hill is is available. He's a guy that has not still, still hasn't done anything bad in the in the major leagues. This, this is a guy that's come out and proved that he can be a starting pitcher, obviously small sample size, but he's been amazing in that small sample size. Why are we forcing a guy like Kluber to come back? You said that they were forced. They were not forced. They have a they have options to be able to do this, to avoid Andrew Keeney if they wanted to. They chose not to. They chose to bring Kluber back. That's fine. If you're going to do that, like, I'm looking at the first 50 pitches. I'm like, all right, I'm excited because Kluber looked like he was doing really well. Clearly, he fatigued. Clearly, he was, you know, he was leaving the ball over the plate. You could tell his location was not where it was when he started getting mashed around. Uh, so I'm not chalking that up to anything besides the fact that he just wasn't ready to go beyond where he was. And and the Yankees should not have pushed him beyond where uh, what that breaking point was, and clearly and, they did, and, and it backfired.
3: And it's like look at look at the grand slam, look at the grand slam pitch. It was a spinning slider in the middle yeah, of the plate, exactly.
2: And, and then yes, you bring in Andrew Heaney, who off the bat, boom, let's go. You got one of them out, got one of them out. You know, making sure that we get those uh, those home runs in. But you know, if you are trying Hill, to avoid a guy like that, then then
3: do something different. Luis Heel pitched in relief for Scranton on Sunday. And Boone said they want to see him, what he looks like out of the bullpen, but, quote, he's going to be throwing a starter's allotment of pitches. So they're trying to keep him stretched out, but trying to see what he looks like in a different role. I understand you want to see what he looks like in a Triple A game coming out of the bullpen. However, if his we, role we is going to be... We have
2: dog shit coming out of the bullpen. But
3: thank you. If, you're, if his role is going to be piggybacking out of the bullpen, just do that in the major leagues. Have him be the guy out after Corey Kluber and not Andrew Heaney. We're yes. all done with the Andrew Heaney experiment.
2: Yes. Why? Why? Why does Luis Heel have to experiment in in Scranton and in AAA when Andrew freaking Heaney comes out of the comes still into the game? It makes zero sense to me. And oh oh, by the way, we're still in a race here. Why are we experimenting with the one guy who's done very well when come up and given an opportunity? Just allow him to. To to be in the spots where he's done well, take the guy that that's been complete horseshit, and see what happens. There, it, this it's is not a no even a brainer. question.
3: We know what Andrew Heaney is, and we know he's bad. Luis Heel yeah. can't be worse.
2: So no. what's so what? Exactly. What's going on here? And but. and if he's not a starter, great. Transition him into the bullpen in the major leagues.
3: Number three, Jamison Tyon, second start in a row, he's allowed at least five runs in less than five innings pitched. Look at these numbers in his last four starts, 18 and two thirds innings an 8.20 ERA, 21 hits in those 18 and two thirds innings, six walks, five homers, a 284 batting average allowed and an 887 OPS. He was really, really good pretty much from that terrible Philly start up until four starts ago, six weeks. He had a really good six weeks. But now, the last four starts, he's looked like
2: that pitcher we saw in May and June again. Well, I'm wondering if, if yeah, I mean, this is, we're, we're getting into a territory now where uh, you could speculate as much as you can. Maybe he's just not executing. Maybe he's not executing for a reason. Is it fatigue? Is it getting to a point where where now he's just not able to finish uh, a lot of the pitches? I don't know. I don't know what to explain. It could just be a bad stretch as well. It seems like him and Cole have like leapfrogged each other each time. Like Cole, Cole was struggling and Tyone was picking up his slack and then, Tyone's like, hey, now that Cole's back and actually doing really well, I can revert back to the you know the mediocre pitcher that people thought I was. I don't know. I'm going to chalk it up right now to the guy, uh, you know, just struggling a bit in a stretch, and let's see if he can come back. I'm not ready to you know say anything definitively in, in what he is. Um, he still battles out there. It's like here's. It doesn't feel like he's that far off. My my slight concern
3: is that when he was in that good stretch and then he was doing like interviews and stuff i remember one with with Meredith she talked to him and she's like what's different now like you, you he's like oh i finally i finally feel like i have my strength back that's what he said i finally feel like i have my strength back after after coming back and so w- that should have been like the hump that he got over you know what i mean and we and and hopefully this is just a bad stretch every pitcher goes through a bad stretch hopefully this is not a fatigue thing because i
2: i thought we were past that i thought he was fully rehabbed and we were past that well, I mean, I think you you can be past that beyond the rehab part, understanding that you feel strong for the rehab, but then you get to a point in the season when you're like, oh man, I haven't pitched this much in a you know in in years, and and now it's like a a, a different type of fatigue. So I don't know. This is all speculation again on on the what he's actually feeling in his body, um, but yeah, I, I, again, I, I don't it doesn't look like he's that far off. He's up to 131
3: and two thirds innings pitched. Remember that 140 number from spring training. Yep,
2: that, I mean, you know, who knows? This could be, uh, it could be something along those lines. Would you be surprised if they gave him uh, a couple, couple, uh, you know, phantom, phantom stints to who to are you gonna pitch now? instead? <laughs> I don't know because apparently they don't care. They don't care if they go out and just experiment with people. I mean, there when you do that, would happen, do you do you'd that? have to
3: do that now. You'd have to do that now because you want them ready for the playoffs. So, you, yeah. so you're gonna give them the next ten days off and then have them come back. You for the You would have last... to do it
2: right now. You're right. But when, when I see them rolling out Kluber uh, it, it, for the, at this point, when he's not fully ready and, and, and you're not stretched out to a, to a point, then uh, I guess we are in full blow experimentation mode, even though we were in a race for the, uh, for the AL East. Clearly that is, I mean, do, do they just at this point say wild card number one, we got to do that and, and secure that, yeah. that wild card spot and think that, so. that home game?
3: I think seven games back at Tampa with only three head-to-head matchups versus them, and that's at the very end of the season. You're not going to catch them.
2: Yeah, it seems pretty unrealistic at this point. I mean, you'd have to play a ridiculous, a ridiculous uh, winning percentage, and and Tampa will have to lose a good amount of games too. So they're just they're just looking like a, a very good complete team right now. Garrett Cole, number four, was that his biggest performance
3: of the season? And I say this understanding that he did pitch a complete game. Where he told the manager to go sit down, or else he's gonna gonna give him a noogie on national TV in Houston. But stopping the four-game losing streak, fifteen strikeouts, thirty-two swings and misses, he was unhittable in seven innings. Was that his biggest
2: performance of the season? Yeah, it's right up there. I don't, you know, I, I, you could definitely put the other one uh, where he pitched complete game um, on top of that. But this one it, at, this, at this point of the season with the situation, what was happening, where they were losing four on the West Coast. Uh, the Yankees needed a stopper very badly there. They needed to stop that bleeding so that they could get back and and start feeling good uh, and get back into some winning baseball. Because if that goes on too far, then you're like, man, the, the doubt starts trickling into your mind, right? Like, was that 13-game uh, winning streak, was that winning streak real? Was it, were there, you know, elements of it that were uh, too much of luck? like Like, you start doubting yourself when you're losing, you, you go and lose five in a row or six and in a row. And you would have
3: lost the last game with Cole on the mound.
2: Yes, so... Yeah, no, I think it's a big deal given the situation where the Yankees are right now. Um they needed that. They absolutely needed that and I'm and I'm glad that he showed showed up, nutted up, struck out 15 dudes and and stopped that streak in every possible way that he knew how to.
3: I liked in the one inning that he allowed a run, he just walked off the mound just sh- In just shaking his head, he like the dugout was like giving him high fives. He's like, No, do not high five me for that. That's
2: that's when Garrett Cole is at his best when he's like just absolutely pissed off at himself, when he has he's held to like the highest standard by himself. Um, he's you know, when we saw him go through that unbelievable run in the beginning of the season, he was hard on himself the entire time, very much like the meticulous perfection, uh, you know, perfection striving. Ace that you want to have. So I absolutely love seeing him, you know, shitting on himself for for minor mistakes. Number five, is Aaron Judge now back in the MVP conversation? I don't
3: even know if it's back. Is he in the MVP conversation? Hell yeah, he's in that conversation. Ever ever was. So he's hitting 500 in his last 39 plate appearances. He had an unreal month of August. He's hitting 299 on the season. (laughs) So he's the only basically 300 hitter on the team, Aaron Judge. And do you believe that John Carlos Stanton is second on the team in batting average at 272? Like it, I would what what are the odds that Judge and Stanton would be one two in
2: batting average on the team to start the year? Astronomical odds. Right. I mean obviously you throw Lemayhu in there you you expect Lemayhu to be I think Judge you would expect to be among the top 5 uh but not leading cuz he's he's always been able to hit for average as well. Sure. But- but
3: the fact that they're one and two, and I know two seventy-two is a far, far cry from two ninety nine, and Judge's average not too long ago was like two eighty, but then he went on a nobody he's, cares he's about batting
2: average, Andrew. Nobody cares about batting average. I are you, I, I don't are know. you coming are you coming back around? I, I I'm not coming back around on batting average, but I just I, I like to use it when it's convenient. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's <laughs> so do the nerds. The nerds do the same thing with like the 97 stats that they use too. They use whatever's very convenient for them at the time. So but no, it, it does tell a story, and he's been absolutely on fire. And when you look at the MVP running, well, show, you gotta, Otani's you Otani's going to win the MVP. Otani's Otani. Yeah, I don't even. I think if he stopped playing today, he might still win it. Honestly, he's going to lead the league in home runs,
3: side. and he's a pitcher. Like he's yeah. going to win the MVP, and, and,
2: and not a bad pitcher.
3: <laughs> so it's like fine. I'm 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 not even complaining about it. Um But Judge, where he ranks in the American League for position player WAR, he ranks sixth behind Vlad, Marcus Simeon, Mullins, Correa, Jose Ramirez, and then Aaron Judge is number six. Shohei Otani number seven, but again, that's only as a position
2: player, as a pitcher. Shohei Otani, even better. And and Judge, I think one of the bigger one of the bigger things you look at too is the amount of games played. The guy's been staying on field there, yeah. And you know, if you remember one of my bold predictions, it was that Aaron Judge was going to play. What did I say? 150? Did I say 150 or 140? No, you wouldn't have said one fifty. I think it was 140, maybe. Um, he's, he's certainly, he's certainly uh, on pace to, to do well MB and be an MVP candidate.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
3: Okay, a couple look-aheads. We already talked about Luis Hill. Like, what are you waiting for, Yankees? Just call him up, pitch him. No more Andrew Heaney. Number two, is the Voight-Rizzo playing time thing becoming a distraction? And the reason I ask that is because every single night, one of the leading topics on the Yes broadcast is who's starting, Rizzo or Voight. Is Voight starting? Is Giancarlo Stanton in the outfield? What's Voight and Rizzo doing? Is Voight happy? Is Rizzo happy? What is Aaron Boone saying about Voight and Rizzo? It's just like, I feel like it's kind of becoming a distraction. And now both are kind of struggling.
2: Well, both are struggling. Not really, though, because Luke Voight just doesn't freaking play. And when you go back and look at his games played, the guy, the guy actually has been productive when he's played. But for whatever reason, Aaron Boone cannot get him in the lineup and figure that out. Um, no, I think it's Aaron Boone's job to, to make sure that they are both in the lineup at a pretty consistent basis and to to make sure that you know there's really nothing there as far as any controversy inside that that clubhouse. That that is a that is looking down the stretch, that's one of the should be one of the areas that he is uh focusing on. Because why Luke Voigt is a very productive hitter right now. Uh, Rizzo went through some some you know big struggles. I think uh he's starting to come a little bit, but he's he's definitely not been the same guy he was in the you know first week when we all got fired up and and thought he was going to uh, yeah, COVID you know, kind of
3: derailed that a little bit. He's, you know, but Voight's uh, been productive. Rizzo, been productive. Voigt, it's uh, Voight has had a couple of bad games. So I don't want to say he's in a slump. He's had a couple of bad games. And then ironically, Rizzo had like two good games in Anaheim after struggling for, for a while. So I don't know. Both are kind of just been up and down. But uh, uh, do you think it's a distraction, though?
2: No, I, 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 I don't. I don't think it's a distraction inside. But again, I think it could be. I think it could be. Um, Aaron Boone needs to be able to, if Aaron Boone continues to put, keep Luke uh, Voight on the bench and not play him when his bat is actually serving the Yankees well, then yeah, it could be a problem and a distraction because he's not playing the guy that should be playing. That right. That's how it becomes a distraction is if Aaron Boone doesn't do his goddamn job and put yeah. in the, the, the correct people that should be playing. That's, yeah, that's players, how it becomes a distraction. Other players recognize that. Like, not other players. The players that are sitting get frustrated. And then, yes, I think other players do recognize that, but it starts with the players that should not be sitting and are sitting. I think that frustration boils up and that and that can be a detriment.
3: Number three, Gleyber Torres should be activated probably on Friday now that September call-ups or the roster is expanded. Boone said that Velazquez is going to stay on the roster. And uh, obviously now Gio Archella's status kind of puts a, a wrinkle in all of this, but um, I'm assuming Wade also remains there. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with Glaber? He's gonna be the sharding Starting shortstop. The
2: sharding the sharding sword He's gonna be the sharding the, sh- the sharding the the shart
3: stop shortstop of the New York Yankees. He's the short he's the shardstop, which means in <laughs> the seventh inning, you need to take him out for defense.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, good. I'm glad Glaber's back. You know, he's a he's another talented baseball player that just hasn't shown himself this year. So maybe now is the time for him to be able to step on that stage and, and be able to show himself. But you know, at the end of the day, guess what? The Yankees the Yankees won without him as well and they they proved that they, they can win without Gleyber Torres. So, to me if anything like he he can be a, an offensive boost here. But yeah, you're right. 7th, 8th, shit, 6th depending on the game. He might get pulled for defense. Number 4 Luis
3: Severino is running out of time. Boone said yesterday Severino is still 7 to 10 days from throwing off a mound again. So, if we do 7 to 10 days that's like September 9th or 10th or 11th he's throwing off a mound. And then I'm assuming he's going to have to do at least one or two rehab games in the minors. September 15th, September 20th. So then what? Like September 25th? He's a bullpen
2: guy now, right? He's a bullpen guy. We're not I stretching him I have said that, out.
3: but yeah. I mean, I, I mean, I don't see how he is anything but a bullpen. So then
2: my question, so when we're looking at the, at the, the, the timetable of what he... When he could come back from, you know, starting a throwing program to throwing on a mound to actually being in a game and, you know, being stretched out to hundred pitches, ninety pitches, whatever. That's it not is. happening this year. Okay, so then why, why in God's name are we not sh- keeping Luis Hill stretched out, the guy who has done? Well, they are absolutely He's a starters allotment of pitches just out of the bullpen. It's so stupid. That is the dumbest thing I've ever heard. A starters <laughs> allotment of pitches. Shut up with the, the commentary about the. No, make him a, continue him as a starting pitcher. Allow him to continue to pitch from inning one through whenever he you know stops pitching on that given day. Keep him as a starter. Are we depending on Corey Kluber being the, the guy? Because if Severino's not going to be coming back, now we're running into some problems here. We should have Luis Gil stretched out and continue to stretch out. And oh, by the way, work on his craft for the next month so that he's maybe a little bit more mentally prepared to walk into a situation that we're going to need him in. And not have to do some dumb shit like, hey, let's start him, and then all of a sudden um, Andrew Heaney comes in in the second inning because we're doing a, uh, a, a good an opener situation, a good and the, there's a love the matchup. No, no, but it's 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 trending in that direction.
3: The last thing is the remaining schedule. So they've got a seven game home stand against Baltimore, and then four games against Toronto. So three against Baltimore, four against Toronto. Then they play three games at the Mets. And they have a makeup game, which erases an off day against the Twins, and then they have. Let's just stop there. So this next stretch, um, you you have to. So like you said, beat the s- shit out of Baltimore, secure, and that's the difference in the division. It's the Baltimore games, and Chad Green, and Chad Green. But you now you just have to concentrate on securing that second. It's, I keep saying second. Securing that first wild card spot, so you're not burning Garrett Cole down the stretch to secure a home field wild card game. That That's means, what needs to be the focus right now.
2: They need to just yeah, but break it down even simpler. Just like win every single possible game you can, and and don't worry about where the shit is. Like they, they can't be watching the standings at this point. They just need to go out there and win every game. It, it, you know, you get as cliche as humanly possible here, and you you win the game in front of you. And that's what you do. It's every Boston. game is important. Backs against the wall. Win every single game. Beat the shit out of Baltimore. Beat the shit out of the Mets who who are a disaster. And they, their fans and their f- freaking players are fighting over uh, something that... It's so dumb. Boston, um, Boston is two games back of the Yankees. And there's three games left with Boston. Yes. Season. Important. Important to win those games. That's math right there for you. Three Two games up. Three games to play. Win those games. Win at least one of those games mm-hmm. Just and then and then you're in good shape.
3: Yep. Yeah. All right. That's going to do it for Friday Fives. Thank you guys for listening. We'll be back at you again with an episode. Well, it's Labor Day on Monday, so I don't know. Maybe we'll be back at you Monday. Maybe we we'll be back at you Tuesday. One of those days, you will have a new episode.
2: Hey, guys. Thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, We'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review in iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.
1: Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium?